All right, praise God. And so today we have a conversation around um, supernatural supply. Father, if you don't help us, there's nothing we can do. Our salmon notes are worthless. Our, our anointings are worthless. Our, our eloquence is worthless until you come and you breathe. If you don't breathe, if you don't, if you don't make it fresh, nothing happens. And this can only be done by you. I can't, I can't do it. I only ask you that you breathe. You make it fresh. Uh, and, and we believe that that's your intention. And so this morning we are dependent on you believing and knowing that you'll breathe and that the words will shift our lives in jesus name we prayed amen so the so the quality of your life is the aggregate of the quality of your life is the aggregate of your subconscious thoughts the quality of your life is the aggregate of your subconscious thoughts the thoughts that have become natural. Are we together? What kind of thoughts? The thoughts that have become natural. The thoughts that you don't have to think to think. You get my point? Those thoughts. You don't have to think to think. When you're about to have an accident, I am dead. That's where you are. That's your level. Ah, you know. <laughs> so that one that came from your subconscious is what is controlling your life. It's not the one, it's not the beautiful ones you say when you just feel like like feeling righteous, feeling spiritual. It's the one that says itself. You get my point? So the plan is to get the word of God in your subconscious. Yeah. Huh? You have to get the word of God in your subconscious so that it is the word that happens to you. Are we together here? Am I making sense here now? So that's the plan. And um, you have to do this intentionally. You you don't get this done haphazardly. You don't get this done without really giving yourself to it. Are we together here? So it has to be something we do intentionally. And um, sometimes it takes time. Other times it takes impartations. And however, whatever it takes, it has to be, it has to be done, right? Yes, it has to be done. You have to understand that it has to be done. Your life will not change if your thoughts do not change. Are we together here? Yes, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's not only the heart that thinks. The mind thinks. The brain thinks. You know, but the thinking that represents you is the thinking of your heart, right? Are we together here? The thinking of your heart. And so you have to get the word to your heart. And um, I want you to appreciate that a great service doesn't do that. A fantastic preaching doesn't do that. It might be part of it, but it is way more than that. And so you might have a fantastic preaching, enjoy preaching, and your subconscious is completely opposite of the teaching. Am I correct? You could have a fantastic teaching and your subconscious is completely different from that teaching. And so we have to look for the, how to get the word to our back end. Um, the first story I will share with us is the story of um, how uh, when Mary poured the oil on Jesus. I want to pick something from that story because that's where we will leap from. I'll do the sessions. I'll do about three. I'll just do the sessions the way I, the way I feel um, led to do them. So, when, when you get saved, you become God's child. In the most practical way. And um, you become God's own. And God becomes responsible for you. Right? Now before you got saved. You were connected to so many things. People and ideas. Sometimes 
those ideas have a way of, of being in the way when God is intending to do stuff with us. Am I correct? Have you ever received, let's say, somebody into your home and um, you're trying to be so good and kind to the person and the person keeps stealing things that are not compared to your original plan for the person? Have you ever seen somebody very behaving very stupid and acting in a foolish way because you have a big plan for the person and the person keeps messing it up? Has that happened to you? And sometimes the person's lifestyle um, that he's living in this new home is a borrowed lifestyle from his previous home. If somebody, for example, is coming from a place where it's never enough, when he gets to a place that is more than enough, he's still afraid that it's not enough. And so he packs and saves and steals because he's thinking one day it will finish. You get my point now? And he's just messing everything up. You have so much plans for the person, but the person is still locked up in the ideas. Are you with me? Yes, the ideas and the, 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 the patterns of their previous place. And um, sometimes you can be so frustrated, you might even have to let the person go. Even though that's not your intention. You see? And so you need to appreciate the fact that where you are coming from... <laughs> And now that you are in Christ, the modus operandi are completely different. And you need to appreciate that. If you appreciate that, then before you step into God bless me, you will first ask God change me. Are you with me? Am I making sense here now? You see, because he needs to sometimes readjust our mind. For God so loved the world... For example, let me use the scripture. That he gave his only begotten son. Now when you look at that statement and deconstruct that statement. The philosophy of that statement is contrary to the philosophy of, man, of mankind. Are we together here? One, why will God so love the world? We're talking about a world that has consistently rebelled against him. Are we together here? To give love to that type of a world is strange. But that's God. Now, humans don't love those who hurt them. Yeah. That's why Jesus Christ was speaking and he said that what makes you different from other humans when you love only those who love you. Yeah. So, humans have a philosophy of loving only those who, what? who love them. So, for God to so love the world is strange. Now, what's off is, okay, let's assume I'm able to get some type of likeness from, for an enemy. And I'm eventually, would I go to the extent of giving that enemy my only son? If I add ten sons, it would be difficult to even give one. Chocolates of having only. Are you together with me? Now, you can see that that simple scripture we quote every time reveals the character of God. Are we together here? Which is contrary to the character of man. So the God that you are coming to me, this is, that is how he thinks. Another time Jesus Christ said, it's more blessed to give than to receive. Somebody say blessed. blessed. Now, have you ever come to the altar and give a testimony that you were blessed last week? And what happened was that you were, you were blessed to give 10 million do you ever pick the mic and say, I want to thank God the Lord has been kind to me. He blessed me last week. And you say, last week I had the privilege of being blessed with a debit allowed to a brother of one million. Do you count it a blessing? Is it not that when you have given, you now wait for the blessing? So for us, receiving is still the blessing. Giving is not yet the blessing. So, you, you need to appreciate. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Jesus said it's more blessed. So, it means that whenever the Lord gives, he gives with excitement. Yeah. But you notice that whenever you give, uh, you're not so excited. Am I correct here? Are we together here? Now, as funny as these things is, this thing you are laughing at is a major challenge. It's a major challenge and it's a major hindrance. 
to the flow of God into your life. Praise God. Do you have friends? Let me just give this simple example. Do you have friends that you guys are so close and understand yourselves that when it comes to your finances with this friend, you are not afraid to spend anyhow? Does that happen to you? You're not afraid. You're not just afraid. You're not afraid to expose what you have, give, the, give your ATM. It's just normal. And then there's this other friend... You feel like repenting anytime you spend a little on that person because the person's ways are just strange. Now, if you think that only happens to you, it also happens to God. Because later in this study, we will see where God says he loves a cheerful giver. And he was talking about, he said, don't give grudgingly. Don't give out of compulsion. He now said, for God loves a cheerful Giver. So there's a way you are in, your, in the old economy and the old protocol of giving. There's a way you give that God is attracted to you. And there are some people that God does not like talking to them about money because they have wala. God says, I like, when we talk of money, I like, whenever I'm around a cheerful giver, I like to discuss money. And I like, we, like, I like to, we spend our money together. But there's some other people, they are not cheerful. Men, they just stay. Don't bring them close to me. That's scripture. And so, there's a whole lot that we need God to help us with. Are we together here? Give me the story I said you should give me. We'll start from this story, then we'll pick it up from there. Mary took a pound of very costly oil of spikenard, anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair and the house of you with the fragrance of the oil. But one of the disciples, Judas Iscariot, Simon's son, who would betray him, said, Why was this fragrant oil not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? This he said, not that he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. Very strong scripture. How can you be a thief, but the ending of your proposal is care for poor? It's not easy to discern a thief whose name of complaint is Let's take people out of poverty. Can you really discern a thief who has an NGO on helping the poor? But Jesus can discern. But because he was a thief and had the money box and he used to take what was put in it. Next verse. And Jesus said, let her, let her alone. She has kept this for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you. But me, you do not have Always. So I'm going to start from that place and make us understand that when we talk supernatural supply, the primary thing we need to understand is that it is primarily connected to the kingdom of God. Can you say supernatural supply supply. is primarily connected to the kingdom of God? So it is not first about you. Are we together here? It is not what? It is not first about what? About you. Now, we have been trained to think about ourselves first. But you are not to have your interest first. It is, it is not, it is not, it is against God's order. For you to be first. It is actually the spirit of the Antichrist. Yeah. Humans are not first. Are you with me? Yes, sir. Lift up your right hand a little bit and say, I am not first. I am not 
has to enter your subconscious. You are not first. This is one of the major hindrances why the resources of God can't reach us as he should reach us. You are not first. God is first and his purposes are first. You need to understand that all things were created for his pleasure. Including yourself. So, you were not made for yourself. You were made for him. So, your pleasure doesn't come first. What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord your God. That's the greatest commandment. He comes first. With all your heart, with all your mind and all of that. And he says, the second is like unto the first. Love your neighbor. Ask yourself. And some people who want to be first will still say, if you don't know how to love yourself, you cannot love your neighbor. You need to love yourself first. No, you don't get the point. It's deeper than that. Are you with me? So you're not first. The Lord is first. And until the Lord is returned as first, we are not yet blessed. Is it because God doesn't count blessings the way we count it? He doesn't count money the way we count it. Can you repeat again and say, I am not first. I am not first. You're not first. God is first. The kingdom is first. And this, which I will get there later, this is also the principle, this is one of the very basic revelations behind Titan. That's the spirit of Titan. It is the revelation that, you see, because the Bible says that when the first is pure, then the rest is holy. Are we together here? But you're not first. God is first. So tight is not, tight is not only 10%. That's not tight. Tight is the first 10%. So, yeah, so if, if, you spend, if you spend the rest and I'll send your 10% later, you haven't tight. You, did, you didn't pay tight. <laughs> it's the first. Is that when income comes, you don't come first. That the income that comes your way is not first for you. It is first for what? For God and God's kingdom. That's the principle. It's not like give God 10% to the 90s, now your own. No, no, that's not the idea. The first idea is that God, three, about two or three things. The first is you give God first. God is first. His kingdom is first. The second idea is that if it's the prophetic principle and scriptural principle that if I've, if I've taken the tent for God, then the rest is God's. It's a sign that the remaining is for God. Yeah. And the reason why this, as I said that, you notice a little anger, different levels, you know. The, the, I wish God of tell You don't get the point. The point is deeper than that. Are we together, friends? Yes. So first. Are you still saying God is first? Yes, His kingdom is first. Yes, yeah. One of the things we'll be doing in this retreat is that we will be readjusting some things so that we can reset our altar for the fire of God's blessings to rest on it. Yeah. And permit me to take it gently as I'm taking it. I don't want to model the thoughts so that um, we can gain all that God intends for us to gain. Now let me look at this scripture a bit so that we can understand one or two things in that scripture. You see, because one of the strongest enemy of the revelation that God is first that we need to battle even in these last days is that idea of uh, some type of emotional blackmail you get the point it's very strong it is because it looks like the kingdom 
if we can care for the, for the poor, it looks spiritual. And this is the place the enemy has really harassed and bullied the church. And the church sometimes wants to repent. I say, we too, we are caring for the poor. You see? But Jesus said that they are thieves. You see, the poor is safer in the hands of those who make God first. The poor is safer in the hands of those who what? Who make God first. It's just like a girl is safer in the hands of a boy who loves God more than he loves her. If a boy loves you more than he loves God, he will destroy you. If a girl loves you more than she loves God, she'll destroy you. She will take you to Satan for visitation. Sunday evening. Yeah. So sometimes you need to trust God for a man or woman who will Say yes to God and say no to you on issues. I say, my husband, this is not what God will have us do. Yeah. My friend, this one is not what God will have us do. Not the one that just, I love you. Let's go and do jazz. I love you. Let's go. And... Yeah. Are we together, friends? The poor is safer. In the hands of those who have made who? God first. And let me now give you the most annoying one that will annoy you the most. Is that the purpose of the kingdom is higher and more important than poverty elevation. The world wants to attack you and make you feel guilty for making the... And that's why they ask you stupid questions. If you are coming to church... With your tight, and you see somebody who has not eaten for five hours for five days, will you? You see, because that's the closest way to attack you, to emotionally make you feel guilty. And Jesus Christ told them, "You guys already know that there's nothing you can do to alleviate poverty. You know it won't be alleviated." He says that the poor you always have with you. Are we together here? Are we together here? Yes, sir. For the poor you will you have with you always, but me you do not have always. Hmm. Now, when you look at this statement, you wonder what does it mean? Now, don't forget that this statement is connected to money. It wasn't just the perfume. The issue Judas is carrying out was not the perfume. It was the cost of the perfume. Because it says this perfume is one year salary. Are we together here? One year's salary, you just break it like that. Because they have an assumption. And we are listening to people who don't value the kingdom. And the people who don't value the kingdom have an assumption of what is good enough for the kingdom. And sometimes they say, this is too much. Because they don't value it. So they are wondering, why would you put that one year salary on Jesus? It's too much. Are we together here? And so it is okay if a footballer, a footballer buys a, has a private jet. You understand? An old man for 90 minutes will be chasing a particular <laughs> substance. 20, 22 of them. One will stay at the back permanently. They'll give him glove. They will chase the ball, chase the ball, and do their legs somehow. And when they get private jets, it's okay. You get my point? It's okay. People go to the studio, do music, sing. If they get private jets, it's what? It's okay. If a preacher gets a jet, it's too much. Huh? Why can't they enter a plane? 
Why can't they enter publicly? Why can't they do this? You get my point now? Because they have an assumption. Why? Because they don't understand the value of the kingdom. Because they can't see it. And many times we are listening to people who can't see it. Because except the man be born again, he can't see the kingdom. And so many times we are listening to voices of those who can see. And sometimes even your, 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 the way you are framed, you are not even seeing it as you should see it. Are we preaching here? So that's one of the things you need to do with and understand that this thing is more than poverty elevation. And where has the greatest route of deception entered into the church? All the false prophets, the only thing they needed to do was to act like they are elevating poverty. All the false prophets used it and it worked. Give people stuff, do this, put it, publicize it, it worked. Whereas Jesus even told us that elevation of poverty must be secret. Jesus said elevation of poverty. Why? Because people's main problem is not their poverty. It's sin that brought poverty. If you don't deal with sin, you don't deal with poverty. It's going to eventually let down rain. Am I correct? Now, the rain that it will let down was first received up into the cloud. Right? Before it is let down. Now, many times, when the cloud is gathering, are you with me, friends? You would have to embrace the spiritual law of patience to allow the clouds to gather. Because when the clouds are full, rain falls. Sometimes we expect rain when the clouds are not yet full. You get my point? We expect rain when the clouds what? Are not yet full. So what do I do in the process where I'm gathering my clouds? And don't forget the gathering of clouds is a consistent thing. Even when rain has fallen, you are still filling your cloud for the next rain. Am I correct? So we have to perfect the art of cloud gathering and understand how to be when we are in that process where our clouds are being what? We are gathering them. Now before we read Ecclesiastes, the Bible told, told us that we should not be weary in what? In well doing. That word well doing also typifies you know, engaging the principles of Christ you get my point? Before the seasons where manifestations happen. And many times we do it to a point where our flesh begins to get weary. And I told you that weariness is not the voice of the spirit. And many times we interpret weariness as the voice of the spirit. You have an assumption that when you are weary, it means you should stop. Now go check expert body live bodybuilders and lifters. Weariness is never a sign for them to stop. And that also for you. Don't stop because you are weary. When you are weary, exchange your natural strength for supernatural strength. Are you together with me? And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap. But guess what? It is if we do not lose heart. Can I talk to you? Yes, sir. Stand up, my dear sister. It is if we do not what lose up. So, two things. Don't be weary, for there is a due season. But you see, your due season will not come if you what lose art. Now, the word lose art is not that you stop sowing. It's that you, you, stop, you, you are slow in sowing. Your attitude changes. So the enthusiasm drops. When, the, when your enthusiasm drops, you jeopardize harvest. And you have wasted your seed. 
So the slothful has no business with harvest. So it's not enough that you sowed. It's that you must maintain momentum. The enemy is not just interested in getting you to stop. He needs to get you slow. You must maintain momentum. You must finish with the excitement you started with. The reason why many of us never get manifestations many times is that we get, we swear, we lose heart. So it means that you are no more, you are now slothful in heart. So that your faith confession drops. That consistent, well, the thing is not really working, but you can't really say it out so that the angels will not slap you. But your heart is becoming slow. Are you together with me? Imagine watching a movie that is on slow motion. That's what happens. You'll be witty. You don't, you don't understand it. Because by the time it was slow motion, the sound is no more there. Even though the film will end, but you can't get pleasure in that kind of movie. So when you are slow, you will miss the pleasure of harvest. Are you my friend? And guess what? I know how not to be slow. Not to be slow in heart. I will teach you how you won't be slow in heart. It's in the Bible. And it's practicable. Do you want me to teach you? I will. For free, self. No offering. (laughs) Kind man of God. Kind. Don't be weary. And not just that don't be weary. Don't get slow. You have to keep the enthusiasm. Keep the enthusiasm. Can you tell somebody in a forceful way, keep the enthusiasm? Keep it. You have to keep the enthusiasm. We have to keep the enthusiasm. Hey, many times Satan attacks you because he wants you to slow down. If my brother did not die, if you had come when he didn't die, you would have made him healed. You would have healed him. So they had faith in sick for Jesus to heal the sick Lazarus. But they lost art when Lazarus died. Just guys told them, believe me, still believe, stay in faith. So there is no situation where you, where you are justified to drop faith. No justification for it. You can't say, God, it has gone really bad now. No. Our brothers who, 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 who we use our example says they kept having faith. Some of them did not receive the promise. So, faith for you must be good as harvest. You know, I taught you this. Was it going to get there? You did, I know you didn't hear me. You just you didn't hear that one. Faith must be good as what? As harvest. Because the Bible says faith is the substance. Faith is the substance. The promise is not the substance. So if you are having faith for a car or faith for a house, your faith is the house. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So what I hope for is not my substance. Faith is my substance. So if I have faith, I have it. Not that I will have it. Faith is it. It's a privilege to have faith. It means that you are exchanging your mindset for God's mindset. God's mindset is enough miracle. So don't postpone your joy to when what you hold for comes to pass. Faith is enough basis for joy. Are you with me, friends? Faith is the substance. He also said, faith is the evidence. So, the car is not the evidence. Don't ask me, what's my evidence? My evidence is my faith. My evidence is not when it happened. So, how do I know if somebody has faith? When I see that he knows he has it. 
So if you say, I'm, I'm believing God, I know you're not believing God. When you're believing God, I will see your joy. I'll see your excitement. I'll see your confidence. If I don't see it, you're not believing girl. You're lying. You're not believing girl. You're lying. So when I, when I come around people, I want to see their faith. I know they have, people who have faith have more thanksgiving. They have more praise. They have more worship than prayer points. But your prayer points are too much. I know you don't have faith. Because you're praying too much, it means you don't know. And I'm wondering, why didn't you know? Why are you not sure? So don't lose heart. Right? So what do I do in the process where All right, let's let's check Ecclesiastes. your bread upon the waters for you will find it after in many days so can you see that God did not lie to us stay there God did not lie to us he didn't whine us he told us the truth when will you, when will you find it in your many days He told us the truth from he told us the truth. Many days. But guess what? How many days are I gonna spend on earth? Many days. So if I if I start counting casting my bread early enough, I would have harvest for all the many days. You get the logic. Many days. So if you stop, you will see evil in the future. If you stop casting your... Because there are many days in front of you. You are better cast bread for it now. When you are gathering your clouds. Cast your bread upon the waters. For you will find it after many days. So you have to be sure that you will find it. There is no bread I'm casting that I won't find. So as I'm seeking the kingdom, the additions are sure. Don't be in doubt of the additions. For you find it after many days. Right? Next verse. Give a seven to seven and also to eight. The word seven talking about investment. This is just like a parable. Just like a, is it a parable or uh, what did you call it? Uh, like a proverb. Give a seven, a, a scene. Give a seven to, to seven and also to eight. For you do not know what evil will be on the earth. So we do all of that so that whatever evil is on the earth, we are covered. I said you are covered. Amen. So the, this, is, this is the point. If this is the point of those conversations of casting your bread of seven. He said, if the clouds are full of rain. So all this activity is filling your clouds. If the clouds are full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. So, so you enter, you start with sowing, you start with following kingdom principles. It looks empty. It looks like nothing is happening, but what is happening is that the clouds are being full. But when the clouds are completely full, you don't need activity again. You don't need action to, to make it rain. You need actions to fuel the clouds. But when it's time for rain, it's automation. They empty themselves. Automation. Automation. So you need to build this life in a way where you enter into some automated blessings. Automated. They just begin to empty themselves. Are you, to, are you together with me? Yes. Upon the earth. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north. And if a tree falls to the south or to the north. In the place where the tree falls. There it shall lie. Are you with me? Yes. As you lay your bed. So you lie on it. If the tree falls like this. If, it's, if the treasure is like this. You will find it here. So if you don't fool your cloud. There won't be rain no. 
That's what he's trying to say to us. Let's read. We're reading to six. And he who observes the wind will not sow. And he who regards the cloud will not reap. When will he rain? When will he rain? He says, don't observe it. Are you together with me? Don't observe it. When, when will I marry? Don't observe it. When don't observe it. Stop, stop asking those questions. When, when will it happen? When? No, 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 no. That, God did not instruct you to do that. You were in, f- f- fulfill your instruction. Focus on your instruction. Say, when, when will this Hey, when will it happen? That's not your business. That's how your heart gets weak. When, when will this thing happen? When? Hey, when? Hey, when? No, 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 no. Look for when next to soul. When next to joy. When next to praise. That is the one you should be looking for. Go back to the world's reading. Keep leaving it as one, one verse. <laughs> he who observes the wind will not sow. So it means that can I, I don't know if I can preach. <laughs> it means that there is a spiritual intelligence, negative spiritual intelligence in observing. That the more you observe, you lose your strength. That observing takes away your strength. When you're observing, when will this happen? When will this happen? It means that you are losing your strength to follow and execute instructions. That the more you are observing, the more you are getting weary. So observation multiplies weariness. He said, he that observes the wind will not sow. He will get to a point he will sow again. Because he's observing. Me, Pastor Zach, I'm not observing. I'm not observing. Zach, I'm not observing. I will just keep pouring. I'll keep doing what it tells me to do. I won't check. I won't plant the seed and, and go back there. I'll put it and check. Is there onions? Has it turned to onions? You, you remove it again. Every time you're observing, you are destroying harvest. Don't observe. Don't observe. Can you gently tell somebody, don't observe? Don't observe. Are you very cold again? The heat of the word. He said, if you observe, you won't sow. So there's a, there's a gentle attack. He's a gentle one. Just keep observing. You'll keep getting tired. Say, uh, 2021 is passing now. You're observing. You're observing. You're observing. Don't observe. Focus. Focus on what he told you to do. The instruction he gave you, that's the matter. When you observe, you lose your strength. Are you with me? You lose your strength. You lose your praise. You lose your thanksgiving. And he who regards the clouds will not reap. Kibler, is it raining? He says you will not reap. He says if you keep regarding the cloud, there's no miracle for you. And God does not lie you. He that regards it will not reap. Praise God. Don't regard it. Huh? Even though he wants to speak to you, ignore it. Ignore. Don't regard it. Don't regard the clouds. Are you together with me? Alright, let's read. Sometimes, some people represent cloud. Don't regard them. People who remind you that the promise has not come to pass. Don't regard them. Don't give them a place in your life. Or put them. Delete their number. Block them! You have to live a life. You have to be strong, focused, and forthright. You don't do like this, or you don't. You don't play. You don't joke with your life. Don't regard the cloud. Step in completely. This is what he said I would do. When he comes back, he will find me doing it. I'm not regarding the cloud, and I'm not looking at the wind. As you do not know what is the way of the wind. Or how bones grow in the womb of her who is with child. So you do not know the works of God who makes everything. Hey! Hey! He says you don't know how bones grow. So it is fruitless to observe the cloud. It is fruitless to observe the wind. 
you don't have the capacity to understand how he wants to bless you you cannot understand it you cannot analyze it so you don't know how it will come so stop observing you don't know the works of god you don't know the works of god you don't know how god will move you don't know if he's coming through the door you don't know if he wants to pass the window you don't know if he wants to pass the roof you don't know if he wants to take you under the ground so don't waste your time observing makes everything everything he makes it he makes he makes everything everything he makes everything say everything, everything. he makes it there's nothing that is needed for your destiny that he can make so don't observe because he's able to make it Can we just give him some tongues for like two, three minutes? Mara, let me allow you to express what's inside you. Hara dofe mehete baya. Hadita, payakute mesi karadasha. Hara daba.
Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Amen. And have your seat. So when, when, you, when you are in an atmosphere like this, just make sure that you are completely connected. The words he will say to you, the impartations he will bring to you, they will last you long. And so there are th- those seasons where you are feeling your clouds, Right? And um, you, don't, you don't look at the wind and you don't regard the clouds because you don't even know how the bones are being formed in the mother of a woman and you don't know about the works of God and God can do everything. And so you need to be stable. You know, you need to be stable. You need to be consistent. You need to be full of thanksgiving. You need full of contentment and expand your cords. So when you are in that season, be full of embrace stability. Don't shake because you are not checking out for the wind or the cloud. You need to be consistent. You need to be full of thanksgiving. See, thanksgiving is a critical part of your Christian journey. And when we talk about God's supply, you can't engage it if your heart is not full of thanks. Thanksgiving is no joke. You haven't even prayed if you are not full of thanksgiving. You see, when you don't feel like you should thank God, it's because the enemy has deceived you. You are believing a lie. Are you together with me? In all things, we ought to do what? Give thanks. It's a major... um, um, it's, a, it's, it's, a, it's one of the ways, you know, when you get to the hospital, they check your vitals. One of your vitals in, as regards spiritual health is thanksgiving. And it's not just we say with our mouth, there must be a state of heart. Are we together here? It says that be anxious for nothing, but with prayers, supplications, and what? And with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. So anybody who is not in thanksgiving cannot brag that he has prayed. Because when you check the accurate constitution of prayer, it is with prayer, supplication, and what? With thanksgiving. That is to say, uh, we'll pray knowing that God is good to us. Are you together with me? Are you with me? You know, God told me today, he says that, Engage me from a place of need, but never engage me from a place of lack. When you come to me, be in need. But when you come to me, don't say you lack. Are you with me? Don't don't come and say you are worthless. Don't come and say your life has scattered. Are you together with me? Don't come and say, don't say all of that. The child of God shouldn't say all of that. And then after all of this, it says that the clouds will empty themselves, which means that you enter a season of automation, right? Automation, automation. The blessings become automated. So, so, um, I was trying to analyze patience when I went into all those conversations. Another way, one of the ways you can maintain not to be weary in the times where you are feeling your clouds is that you have to enjoy the joy of his presence. Are you with me? The joy of the Lord is one. Then we also have the joy of his presence. The joy of the Lord talks about the pleasure of God, which is your strength. Are you with me? Taking strength in doing what pleased God. But the second thing you need to appreciate is the joy of his presence. Are we together here? The joy of what? His presence. You must find yourself in. And that's why when the enemy wants to take you out. He leaves you without God's presence. He allows you to stay in places. Where there is no God's presence. You can never fulfill destiny. Without a consistent dose of God's presence. And that's why I have issues with believers. Who go to. You don't need to pray about it. You, you shouldn't be in a church. 
where you are not engaging his presence. His presence should not be what happens when you guys have a guest. You get my point? Every moment must have his presence. Praise God. Are we together here? And so you shouldn't be in an assembly where the presence of God is not it's not consistent. I'm not talking about there's no assembly that is perfect. Nowhere. But when you enter an assembly, there should be the presence. Because that's how you can, that's the only way you can survive. Do you know many times you come to church and God begins, the presence just begins to solve issues. You just begin to know, I should do this, I should do that. You didn't come with those prayer points. So. Just his presence, you just, oh, I should do this. So. Ah, oh my, I keep you. Ah, oh yeah, I apologize when you. Ah, anymore, I fought me by you. Ah, you just entered his presence and order entered your life. Praise God. You shouldn't, you shouldn't live a kind of life that whenever you have the privilege of going to a place, you are not catching fresh air. Like, oh, thank God. That's dangerous. Are you with me? God's presence should not be, oh, finally. You won't live long that way. You ought to prioritize consistent receiving of God's presence. Are you together with me? Because that will grant you speed and accuracy. Huh? And that will help you in the seasons where, you know, the, you are feeling your clouds and it looks like there are no results. You have a greater feeling. It's a, it's a high that, that makes you sure you don't have problems. Without his presence, you are aware of his of problems. Are we together here? Are you blessed by this? Now, the last thing on this point, as per filling the clouds and all of that, the last point I want to raise is this. You must learn how to cover your nakedness. And let me explain. That you see, many times when you are in the place where you are filling your clouds, and there are no manifestations around you. You feel naked. Am I correct? Feel naked. You feel sometimes ashamed. Now you must learn how to cover. And there is a way we are to cover our nakedness in scripture. Now when you check scripture. And the beginning of mankind. When Adam started. You will find out. That Adam did not start covering himself. With natural material. That was not the first point of covering. The first thing that covered Adam was what? Was the glory of God. And so because he was covered with that glory, the Bible says he was naked but not ashamed. Why? Because the glory covered his shame. Are you together with me? That so many times the presence of shame is not, it's not first a proof of a problem. Sometimes it is first a proof of lack of glory. Are you together with me? That the reason you feel so much shame about that matter is not only because of that matter. It's because of the lack of glory. If you step more into glory, it's not that shameful. And if that matter is solved and you feel covered, the covering is fake. Because your true covering is the glory. So if, if, for example, lack of money makes you feel ashamed, if money now makes you feel confident, you are still in shame. Because ordinarily, it wasn't material that should cover you. Am I preaching here? And that's why Jesus could be on the cross and he was still praying for those who were crucifying him. It means that even though he was on the cross, he was in a better place. Uh, why? Because he was in the glory. He was not in the pain. If he was in the pain and in the shame, he would have responded differently. But because he was still in the glory, he could release mercy to those who thought had more power than him. So they thought they were more powerful and they were the ones dealing with him. And he knew that they were the ones needing him actually. So some of the people and situations that look like they want to shame you, actually they need you. Am I preaching here? Are we together here? So your covering should be the glory. 
so eventually you find out that you are fine. And you'll be finer. And you'll be better. And that's all it is. It's not, it's not that deep. Your world is not crashing. The end is not near. It's just one problem you have. You can sit down. It's just one issue. The end has not come. If these are not the last days, because you can't pay school fees. You get my point? It's not that deep. So you ought to learn to find covering in glory. Hmm. Say find covering in glory. Find covering. covering. So you remember Jesus sending them two by twos. The first time he told them take nothing. You are covered. The other time take something. You are covered. So taking nothing didn't mean they are in lack. And taking something is not what supplied for them. The glory. You have to be confident in the glory. When there is no confidence, there's trouble. Child of God, don't cast off your confidence. Huh? Don't do what? Don't cast off your confidence. Don't throw away your confidence, child of God. If God has called you to do anything and the thing is not looking very beautiful in the instance, don't be ashamed. Continue. Amen. Let nothing external validate you. Let God just find you busy. When we when were at the Mano Event Center, we are fine. When we left, I went to Pastor Obi's house to do church. We are fine. When we went to that, dunk, that building at that place, sometimes I pass that place, I'm like, are you sure we were here? That place looks like He's so rough. I'm like, we're here. We're fine because we were there, but more importantly, we were in the glory. And so the glory insulates you. Are you with me? It insulates you. It insulates you. Now, if you look at, for example, that woman who lost her, who lost her husband, you know, Anna. If you look at her from without, you'll be pitying her. Whereas that woman was the one doing the necessary intercession that Jesus is coming needed to ride on. And so you are pitying somebody who is making your life better, making the world better. Are you together with me? So sometimes when the world says you are in a pitiable state, actually you are in your best state. I tell you the truth. So nothing external should validate you or invalidate you. Never allow external things validate or invalidate you. If you have something, thank God. If you don't have something, thank God. But never feel invalidated by anything external. Never, never, and never feel validated by anything, anything external. Let nothing external validate or invalidate you. And the way to do that is that you need to understand that the glory of God is your covering. Say the glory of God is my covering. Say the glory of God it's my covering. For the last time, shout the glory of God. That is my covering. You know, you know, God likes when his children are handling small things and they're handling it knowing that they have a big God. God takes joy in it. When he sees that he gave you small and the small is big in your eye because it came from him. You know, a lot of us have to repent on how we count. We count what we don't have instead of counting what he gave us. So the reason why you are unhappy and you think you are ashamed and you think there is sorrow is because what you counted was what you didn't have. But you forgot to count what you have. 
And from today, a new revolution starts in your life. Yeah. And now you count again. Yeah. And you don't count what you don't have. Because guess what? There's nothing you don't have. It's manifestation adjusting faces. There's nothing you don't have. He says, if he did not spare his son, how will he not through that same son freely give us all things? He says, God is saying that that I give my son is a proof that there's nothing I will withhold. That I give my son is a proof that there's nothing I will withhold. He who did not spare his own son delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him? Ah, with him. Also what? Freely give us what? All things. So what don't you have? Huh? Nothing. I'll give you everything. Praise God. So you need to manage the seasons where you are filling your clouds. Because if you don't manage it well, you will lose heart. And when you lose heart, you won't reap. That's what the Bible says. It says, if you consider the wind, if you consider the clouds, you are not going to what? You're not going to reap.